Welcome to Regaining Dominion, empowering people to live above life circumstances. Let's join Pastor Carlene for today's message. Title of my message is Seeking God's Will for Your Life. Seeking God's Will for Your Life. I know many of you have heard us say many, many times, you need to seek God to find out what is His will for your life. And I ask you this morning, are you seeking God's will for your life? And if you aren't, you should be. Amen? Don't count yourself out. Don't say, oh, I'm too old. Oh, I'm too young. I have lots of time. The grave is filled with lots of people who said, I had lots of time. Amen? But they died before they achieved their destinies. So don't put it off and say, oh, I'm, I'm young now. I'm going to enjoy some life, quote unquote, enjoy some life first. And then when I'm old and rickety and shaky, then I give God what's left of my life. People of God, we need to turn things around and give God our lives when we're young and strong and alert so that God can put his super upon our natural and make us the man and woman he's called us to be. Amen. People of God, seeking God for your life will help us to avoid costly mistakes. And there seems to be so much confusion in the body of Christ as to how a person finds God's will for his or her life. People of God, it's not a difficult thing, but it cannot be done overnight. It takes time and it takes effort. And while it is exciting, it is not a journey for the faint-hearted. In seeking God's will for our life, though, there are a couple things that we need to settle in our spirits as we go on the journey. And the first thing we need to settle in our spirit is found in Jeremiah 29.11. Turn there, please. And Jeremiah 29.11 in the King James Version says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. But I like it in the NLT, the New Living Translation. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. So the first thing we need to settle in our spirit is the heart of God is to do us good, not to bring us to evil. Amen? You must settle that in your spirit. Because people of God, if you harbor any thoughts, any kind of thoughts that God wants to do you evil, Satan will make sure he obliges. God is not half good and half bad. God is not a yin-yang. Too many Christians sit in church and think God is half good and half bad. Jesus Christ came on the earth to reveal the heart of the Father. And you know, every time I preach, I find a way to inject this scripture. My favorite scripture, go to John 10, 10. Because if you don't settle this in your spirit, Satan will rob you blind. John 10, 10. You should know it by heart. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Some people feel they need to be wedded to the King James Version and when they're finished reading, they're royally confused, but they still want to read it because that's what grandma used to read and great grandma used to read. But if you are confused, get another version. Amen? I find the New Living Translation tells it to you straight. It says, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Isn't that clear? So the second thing we need to settle in our spirits is that God's plan and purpose is to give us a rich and satisfying life. So if you have anything else, then you know it's not coming from God. Amen? But I want to warn you that having a rich and satisfying life does not mean a trouble-free life. The Bible never promised anyone that you will have a trouble-free life. The only man or woman on this earth that doesn't have any trouble in their life is a dead man or a dead woman. 
woman. Amen. Jesus was very clear that we are going to have trouble in this earth. Amen. And let me bring you to two scriptures that quickly come to mind. Go to John 16, 33. John 16, 33. And John 16, 33 says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. Did he say may have? You shall have. Mean you will have it. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And again, I'm going to read it in the NLT. It says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. In other words, he has overcome the world. He has overcome everything in the world on our behalf. So he died so that we wouldn't have certain things. Amen. Sickness, poverty. He died so we wouldn't have to live with it. So he has already overcome the world on our behalf. So we can be happy. We can walk with the joy of the Lord in our heart. Knowing that Jesus Christ has already overcome on our behalf. Amen. We give God the praise. Look at Mark 10, 30. Mark chapter 10, verse 30. And it says, but he shall receive an hundredfold now in this time. Some people didn't read that scripture. They said there is no hundredfold return. Obviously not reading their Bible. It says, but he shall receive an hundredfold now in this time. Houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children children and lands with persecutions and in the world to come eternal life so while you're on this earth you're going to receive god is going to bless you with things but people are going to persecute you because you are blessed when they see you have money they're going to say you steal it so people of god we need to get strong in the lord because people are going to say things when we start giving them words of knowledge they're going to say we are witches and wizards when they see us blessed they're going to say we steal church money just people people are fickle so don't expect that you're going to get praises from people the crowd will praise you this week and say Hosanna this week and next week they say crucify him. So get used to it. Amen. Just get used to it and don't complain. Amen. Because Jesus Christ went through worse than that on our behalf. Amen. So people of God, settle in your spirit. Troubles and trials are par for the course. Whether you're in the kingdom or not, you're going to have troubles and trials. The good thing with being in the kingdom is you're guaranteed victory over them. People out there, they do trial and error. And they're trying to find a way out of their trouble. A way of escape has already been made for us. Amen. And as we seek God, he will show it to us. Amen. You know, I am always amazed when some people check out of their walk with God. They say, I'm mad at God now because X and Y happened in my life and God didn't show up to deliver me. So you know what? I'm not going to go to church anymore. I'm not going to serve God. So what are you going to do in the meantime? I always ask, so what are you going to do in the meantime? Do you think there is a no man's land in the kingdom? No, there's not. You see, man can create a gray area in the natural, but in the spirit, there is an evil kingdom and there's a kingdom of God. There are no gray areas. Amen. So people of God, we need to take on the attitude of a fighter. We are here to fight the good fight of faith. It's the good fight because the fight is stacked in our favor. Can you imagine when the accuser of the brethren comes and he drags us before the court of heaven? God is our righteous judge and our advocate is Jesus Christ. The one who lives on the inside of us. Amen. So we are already guaranteed the victory. Amen. So people of God, we need to get rid of spiritual wishbones and get some spiritual backbones. Amen. Too many of us are weak. So people of God, let us settle it in our spirit that trials and sorrows are par for the course. Amen. And another segue of that is many trials will come our way. Satan will ensure that as soon as you make the decision, you're going to get serious for God and you're going to get on the path
pathway to victory. He's going to throw you some curveballs in order to stop you dead in your tracks. People of God, it's nothing new. Amen? He does not want you to continue in the will of God for your life. I want to show you. Go to Luke 8, verse 22. Luke 8, 22. It says, Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples, and he said unto them, Let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep, and there came down a storm of wind on the lake. And they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. I want to stop there and say, Who said they were to go to the other side? It was Jesus. Did that stop the storm from coming? No. Let's continue. Verse 24 says, And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he awoke. Sorry. Then he arose, and he rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? For he commandeth even the winds and water, and they obey him. Amen? So did they achieve their goal? Yes, still went over to the other side. Why? Because Jesus was in their boat. And you know, people of God, he will always be in your boat as long as you give him room. Amen? So people of God, if you have been given a word from God, you continue on your journey despite the trials that may arise along the way. The presence of trials does not mean that you are not in the perfect will of God for your life. Amen? People of God, there is a wilderness that we all will go through. There are dry areas in our life that we will go through. Jesus himself demonstrated that. If you look in Luke 4, I will not read it because it's 13 verses. You see the story there of Jesus's time and temptation in the wilderness. He was in the perfect will of God, but he still had to face his time in the wilderness before he stepped into the perfect will of God for his life. Amen? Before he stepped into his ministry, he was always in the perfect will, but before he actually stepped into ministry, public ministry, he had to go through his time in the wilderness. So people of God, settle in your spirit. Trials are going to come when you're walking in the will of God. It is not the time to quit. Amen? For our wilderness will not last forever. Amen? People of God, when trouble comes, I strongly advise you to check in with headquarters to find out what to do next. Many people don't do that and because that they stand there, oh, is this trial from God or is it from the devil or did I do something? Check in with headquarters. Amen? How do you do that? How do you dial in? Jeremiah 33, 3. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Amen? This was not just a promise to Jeremiah, you know, people of God. It has been a promise that is still there for all of us who call upon the name of Jesus. Amen? We do not serve a God made with hands. We do not serve a God made out of wood or stone. People of God, he's alive. And yes, he's alive and he speaks. Believe me, our God is not a mute. He speaks. He's capable of speaking to each one of us who call upon the name of Jesus. So if you call yourself a Christian and you cannot hear your heavenly father, you're in a dangerous place. I'm going to say that again. If you call yourself a Christian and you cannot hear or you are not hearing your heavenly father, you are in a dangerous place because we are living in dangerous times. And let us consider that for a moment. But look at it in the natural. How do you cultivate or develop a relationship with someone that you're unable to communicate with? It doesn't make Make sense, does it? The relationship is impossible to develop if you can't communicate with that person. So in the natural, and I know I'm being a little bit facetious, if one party is deaf so they can't hear the other person, then you get something called a hearing aid, right? 
Or if it's a language issue, then both parties need to learn a common language. Isn't that so? So in the realm of the spirit, I think we need to do either or both. If we find spiritually that we are deaf and we're not hearing what the spirit of the Lord is saying unto us, we need to do something about it. And if it's a language issue that we don't know the language of the kingdom so that we can communicate with God, we need to do something about that too, right? So people of God, the fourth thing you need to settle in your spirit as you seek to find the will of God. for your life, you need to train your human spirit to know his voice. It is entirely possible to hear him. But believe me, God is not going to be like the magic genie that we just rub the bottle, summon him when you need something, and he just appears, give it to us, and he disappears again. God wants to have a living, intimate relationship with every single Christian. He wants to commune with us on a regular basis. And some of us have bought the lie that, you know, you never know what God will do. You ever hear some Christians? God moves in a mysterious way. His wonders to perform. Ask them where they find that in the Bible. It's not there. Read through the Bible for yourself. That scripture is not there. It's all tradition. You never know what God will do. How is it that God writes 66 books about himself and you don't know what God will do? Does that make sense to anybody or is it just me? It doesn't make sense. He wants you to know about him. He wants you to get to know him. But because Christians are lazy, it's easier to say you never know what God will do. He works in mysterious ways is wonders to perform. Totally on scripture. Amen. And then I asked the question, why is it God under the old covenant based on the blood of bulls and goats? Why would he speak to the priests of old and the prophets of old, but he doesn't speak to us Christians who are now living under the new covenant based on the blood of Jesus? So what makes this a better covenant? Why does the Bible say in the book of Hebrews chapter 8 that it is a better covenant based on better promises? How is it better? How are we living better? We are all priests now. We are a royal priesthood. I'm not making this up. So why is it he would speak to the priests of old, but he can't speak to the priests under the new? Does that make sense? Sometimes you need to stop and ask some questions. And like I always say, sheep don't think. The people in the world, they are working their system. We are not. We just come, sit on the pew, hear a good message, and we go home and live like everybody else. And then we wonder why the world has everything. The people in the world are more successful. They are working their system. We are not working ours. The fifth thing you need to settle in your spirit is that God is willing to show us his plan for our lives. He's willing. There's a scripture in the Old Testament that says he will not do anything before he reveals it to his servants, the prophets. This broadcast has been brought to you by friends and partners of Dominion in Christ International Ministries. If you're in the greater Toronto area, please join us for one of our services. We are located at 5359 Timberley Boulevard, Unit 61, Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, please go to www.dominionword.org or call 905-282-1226.